how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Colin and Samir Show. On this episode, we're joined by Jesse Sebastiani. Now, Jesse was a part of one of the most controversial, but also one of the most popular groups on YouTube, Nelk. While they are very controversial, they also are one of the most innovative groups on YouTube. When their content got demonetized and they weren't able to make money from the platform, they turned to their loyal fan base and came up with brands and products to sell them that funded their content. They launched an apparel brand called Full Send, and they also launched a hard seltzer called Happy Dad. And Colin and I actually went out to try and go buy Happy Dad, and it was completely sold out. Could not find it anywhere. The woman at BevMo laughed at us when we asked. They used their millions of fans to build incredible businesses. And Jesse was one of the faces of the brand. But at the height of their success, Jesse decided to do something very unique. He left the group and in the process sold his shares of the companies that he owned, walking away with millions, something that's extremely rare on YouTube. Six months later, we went to go visit him at his brand new creative agency called Sunday. We wanted to catch up with him and understand what his time was like at Nelk, what it was like to actually exit a YouTube company, and what it feels like to reinvent yourself on the platform. The videos that Jesse's making today on his Sunday YouTube channel are drastically different from what he was making at Nelk. It's the content that we love to watch. He's bringing people behind the scenes in real time with the growth of his creative agency. All right, this episode is also out on YouTube and it does have some visuals to go along with it. So if you want to go check that out over there, or if you want to listen to it here and then maybe you want to go drop a comment, who knows? You can do that. It's on our YouTube channel. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. This is our conversation with Jesse Sebastiani. Before we go anywhere else, we should address your black eye. Yeah. Because you have a black yeah. eye right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, Good timing. Uh, yeah. I also, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Right. I didn't mean, so, yeah, things got I didn't mean to catch you like that. <laughs> I made fun of his sweater when he first <laughs> came in and it <laughs> got really heated. And... I do uh, sparring on Fridays. Um, I train MMA during the week and uh, it's just a hobby of mine. And uh, yeah, I guess I got caught with a hook and <laughs> I have a black eye. I honestly didn't even know. Like I told you guys, I was in the shower and I was just like, oh wait, what's going on there? And then it just slowly every 10 minutes got darker and darker. <laughs> like, So I want to go back in time and talk about your name, MTV Jesse. Yeah. Where does that come from? I had an MTV show when I was younger. Um, it was kind of like a low budget jackass type, like a stunt show in Canada. And um, I think we filmed it when I was like in, when I was like 16 and it aired when I was like just getting out of high school. So I was just like, probably just like, oh yeah, MTV Jesse, more people will yeah. find it or something. Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? And then it just stuck and I never changed how it. How did that show come together? Like, how did you get an MTV show at that age? We, uh, we waited outside of the Masonic Temple in Toronto um, until we saw a producer and we showed him a, a VHS tape of, our, of uh, some stuff we were filming. And then we got a meeting like the next day and like took the train back down to Toronto and sold a sh sold the show like within a week that's like crazy is that where your journey with picking up a camera starts with that project or is it even earlier than that no a lot earlier it uh it started with skateboarding that's where it all kind of i mean i've been skateboarding my whole life and uh that classic dream everyone's making a you know a video part and they're mm -hmm. trying to get sponsored yeah. and they're trying to show their local skate shop um yeah that was my whole childhood we would just film every summer and, and uh that's what made me want to get my first little Sony camera. And, uh, and we didn't have any skate spots. I grew up in the country. So it was like grinding a tractor and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, uh, it was very hard to make a video part. Yeah. Like I had to like build like a staircase yeah. and then try to kickflip down it. Like, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's where it kind of and stemmed was from. Was it the culture of skate videos that the fact that skate videos were starting to have skits and like jackass style moments in it that you sort of, you were like, oh, maybe that's part of my culture of what I want to film. 
I think I was just a huge fan of Jackass. Yeah. Like I was like a mass and CKY and all yeah. that. Like when I was a kid, that was like, I mean, my friends all loved it. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. It was just so connected to skateboarding. That's probably why we liked it. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just, everyone wanted to be Johnny Knoxville or Steve-O and you know yeah. what I mean? So. It was crazy that we relate like early nineties and early 2000s skate culture so much to like the rise of YouTube because that was, in my opinion, YouTube before YouTube. Like it was groups of people who no one was going to tell their story. Like no, no sports network was going to be like covering skateboarders really yeah. beyond like the, you know, X games when that came around and Tony Hawk and whatnot. But that's like, you even go back to like Bones Brigade and the era of like just telling stories about people who are really into something, yeah, you know, and like lived and breathed this, this niche culture. Oh, and yeah. that, that created like incredible community and fandom. I mean, we, we were talking about this before. Like I used to go to our local skate shop to watch the the latest VHS, yeah. right? Whether it was shorties or like, you know, girl. Yeah. And right. Which you had playing, playing downstairs. Yeah. And I like, those were some of the first videos that I saw where I was like, wait, so you can make a movie with just like your camera that you have at home and your friends. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was the difference. Like it wasn't just that it was a movie. It was playing a movie. somewhere. It was yeah. the fact that the person behind the camera also sometimes was in front of the camera. Right. And like oh, yeah. you were totally aware of the fact that you could cross that threshold of like yeah. in front of the lens, behind yeah. the lens. The first like really accessible media where it's like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. possible. That's what was the experience like of having an MTV show? Like, was that a moment when you, when, when they picked up that show, did it feel like a life-changing moment? Yeah, it, it, I was young, so it just felt cool. It was like, oh, like yeah. MTV was mm -hmm. cool yeah. back then. Yeah, so it was like, it felt just like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I don't know if I necessarily felt like Canada is so different than America. Like it's such a smaller amount of yeah. fame, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But I think it also set me up for like, my whole life's been this like slow climb. So like it kept me very like level-headed mm. and I think it was the perfect amount of just like people knowing who I am, but like in a very small way. Um, but uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. And like, I remember we like got flown down to New York and went on Anderson Cooper to get like interviewed. And then like, he kicked us off the show and like, <laughs> it was like, like, it was like that feeling of like, we're young and yeah. we're in like a, we're in a limo and like we're in yeah. New York and we're heading to like, you know, where they do like, I don't even know if it is like the Ellen show or something, but yeah, I remember yeah. seeing like other shows being like, as like on the lot and like, remember that feeling of like, whoa, is this like happening? And, uh, and then the show got canceled, but, um, we started doing a second season and it got canceled. I do think it's interesting how much early MTV I think has influenced what's happening on YouTube today. Um, I don't know if you watched the buried life. Oh you yeah. Buried life? I love the buried life. The buried life influenced yes theory. Right, like oh, they cite the buried life as as the influence. You look at what Eric's doing right now; it's MTV, right? Yeah. It's like there's an element of like next with the dating shows, an 100%. element of Silent Library with Try Not to Laugh. Yeah, like these are all, you know, like it's just origins. Recycling. Yeah, it's yeah, origins are in that era of '90s MTV, and I feel like what you're doing with Sunday also reminds me a lot of it. It has like a Deerdick feel to it. Mm -hmm. right? Of like fantasy yeah. factory of like, bring me into a world of entrepreneurship, but make it interesting and cool. Yeah. You know, like I feel like Deerdick did that really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's cool to see like the early origins of what we're watching right now from that MTV era. Yeah. They're all, everything we create is like a piece of something we were like influenced. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's all, all building like, on top of each other. Yeah. Well, especially with YouTube just becoming, I mean, it already is, is like, our current television. Like, I think yeah. it's just, it was a no brainer that all this stuff was going to just recycle its yeah. way into. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. What was your relationship with like fame at that time? Like you were saying it's like, it was a comfortable amount of fame, but like even your first taste of getting in a limo, people knowing who you are, like, did you enjoy that? Was that something that was like felt really good? It probably was like the only time I, I experienced it in like, I liked it because it mm -hmm. was like everyone's first year is like, it's like, yeah. oh, it's cool. They're like, this is like, yeah, you're like, it's like new. Yeah. So it's exciting. But, uh, but I, I've never enjoyed it ever since. I don't think like, really I, that's why I've just, I don't know. I don't really, I'm sure one day I don't want to be on 
camera at all if I don't have to be. I don't know. I just, it's a very weird thing that like a lot of people know who you are and about your life yeah. and you know nothing about them. And it just makes all these very uh, weird interactions when you want to have a, a normal life. You don't have a normal life. You, you don't, yeah. You know? And, uh, and I, I do feel like I'm pretty out of the limelight now, um, especially not being in Nelk and stuff anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, still there. I think you just learn how to deal with it. But at what point did it get to an uncomfortable level? If you look at MTV show gets canceled. Yeah. I know you started uploading to YouTube after that. Yeah. So at what point do you reach uncomfortable fame? The second year of Nelk, I'd say. I don't know exactly on a year, but there was definitely a point where I remember it like shifting where it was. I remember we used to like come home, like I'd go get groceries when I first came to LA and I'd come back and it'd be like Lucas and Kyle and whatever at the house. And I'd be like, Oh dude, a, a guy know like I remember telling them, like you could count on your hands how many yeah. times someone noticed right. you. You'd be like, Yeah, dude, this guy and he'd yeah. be like he said he saw her like Coke prank or like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and uh it's just funny, but then you hit a certain point where uh you drive by a coffee shop and you're like, Oh, like I could probably just make coffee at home. Right. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna deal with that. I don't wanna deal with it. Yeah. yeah. And I and I don't like that part of it where I, I kind of became a hermit and I just didn't wanna mm-hmm. yeah. You work out at home, you yeah, watch movies at home, you do everything at home and you're just like yeah. kind of a, like I've found a way to just like embrace it though and be like like who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But uh I actually don't know the story of how you I like vaguely know it, but I really don't know the story of how you joined Nelk. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy one. The um I made a status on Facebook that was like, like if anyone's doing YouTube stuff or whatever, like I was just like constantly trying to get into something. It was very hard Mm. in Canada to like find someone doing anything. Like I would have worked for free, did anything. I just really wanted to work with people. And, uh, and then I somehow started talking to Kyle and it was right when he was like, maybe his first year of doing Nelk and, and, uh, it was kind of like skits and then starting to get into some pranks and, uh, I pitched this like prank about lighting my arm on fire. I'm like, I know how to do it. Like I can like, and you can do it with your arm too. Like we can like, maybe we'll go act like people who are smoking are like lighting us mm-hmm. on fire. And we went and we met in uh, Mississauga. And first time we met, we shot the video, it went really well. Dude, your arm's on fire. Oh my God. Oh my God, dude. Why'd you light him on fire? I didn't do that. I just saw you light him on fire. I think before I left that day, we like talked about like, going to LA. We're like, yeah, this is a good mix. And wow. uh, it just like kind of clicked so from there. That light yourself on fire video. I watched that last night. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, curious for you, like if you could bring yourself back to shooting that video, is it the prank that's fun for you in the moment or is it the response to it after it's out? Cause I look at that and I'm like, that would be a bad day for me. <laughs> you know, like if I was yeah. in your shoes, I don't know if I could handle that. And I'm curious. I always think about people who do pranks. Like is yeah. it the act of the prank that's enjoyable? Well, or, is it the, like, or is it the response? That was the start. And again, it's like, you're just young. So I was just like, let's do anything to just like make content or to like grow or to yeah. like build something. And like, you're kind of not scared of anything. I, I like to see the the edit the most, like to answer your question. I okay. think I used to love like the whole story of what we're trying to do, especially when it was like a, a concept like that, that we were shooting, not just like, go get a funny shot, go get a funny shot, go get a funny shot. It was like, you really put a whole video together. Of what like, was what was Kyle's like pitch to you about Nelk at that time? Was it just like I'm making videos? Yeah, I'm trying to think because like they probably had like twenty thousand subscribers or thirty thousand. But to me, it's like that's yeah, sure, that's huge. A lot of people, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm like, yeah, that's that's people that want to watch content that yeah. we could make. Um, I wonder if it wasn't as much or like we just saw an eye and we just like we both got the vision and we just started doing it. Like it was not like, yeah. there's no contracts, no, like, it's just like, we just started running, you know? What was the vision? Just like? Probably to just, I think we may have had different visions. So I don't want to speak for him, but like, I think it was like, we were both blown away that you could make money shooting your own videos for YouTube. And yeah. I think, that was the drive. I don't know if the vision was like, let's get 10 million subscribers. Right. But it was like, this is working and we know how to make a video, like go viral and we know how to make funny content. And let's just like, let's just only do this. And, mm. uh, and I think that was the vision. 
when you say you can make money, was it from YouTube, the platform at the time? At the time, Eventually that became something that Nelk like didn't have as much access to. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 100%, which which is again, it was kind of a blessing because it made us create Full Send and uh, made us uh, have to find other avenues. But um, yeah, I think at the start, I mean, there was no other, I don't think we were even getting like a brand deal or something. How did that feel for you and the guys there that like YouTube, the platform you're investing in was like, this is not, this is not what we want. It was annoying, but it was also one of those things where like, I kind of just knew it. Like it's like, <laughs> right. makes sense kind of <laughs> yeah. like, but uh, I mean, I, and I still even to this day believe it's just, it feels like there's always needed to be two YouTubes. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, or YouTube needs to make like two sides to it or something. Like the fact that there is content that isn't for a 12 year old, but can still have a certain kind of ad on it. I just have always thought that and that's what we used to talk about back in the day, especially when our audience started growing is like, could we like not compete with YouTube, but like, can we make another platform for like, you know, like all the Danny Duncans of the world and yeah. all the, like, just for people that make different content um, for an older audience. Um, yeah. Did the fire video go immediately viral? From my understanding, I don't think it did like crazy. No, it yeah. wasn't. The first like thing was when we went to LA and we, uh, I think it was like the first three weeks there we shot still to this day the most viral video we've done which is the coke prank i can't do this i can't do this man we have a bunch of coke in the back i'm sorry dude a bunch of coke in i'm the sorry back. and that that's when that's when it really felt like whoa like we're really doing something like we're in a random condo in la like Ghostface killer from wu-tang is our neighbor he's yeah like coming over and eating our like chicken that we can't <laughs> afford to like give him any and like it was just like oh and we we're like go to the hot tub and there's like this movie producer and like and then we're getting like interviewed by uh like the la whatever the la like news would be i don't know times it, times? Times? times like a newspaper or the kcla uh, kcla yeah. that's what it was KTL. yeah but you know what I mean? Yeah, like when you, yeah. like, it's like you come to LA and it actually just like, cause there's a lot of people who come to LA and it takes like years oh, of yeah. like, oh, I'm yeah. Ubering and I'm doing mm-hmm. this on the side. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it never hits. And, yeah. but like it, like we were just so hungry and it just, just worked. In a video that's now gone viral on the internet, officers pull over an SUV with a group of men. One of the officers starts to handcuff them. The other goes around to check the trunk instead of cocaine. It is just Coca-Cola. You mentioned while you were at Nelk, you were also working other jobs. Yeah. At times, what were those jobs? And at what point were you able to quit? Oh man, I was the man of a million jobs. I had like 20 jobs, but uh, the one when I was at Nelk was bartending. And then I also worked at a, uh, shout out Red Rockets in Hamilton, best chicken wing spot ever. <laughs> I used to hand bread chicken wings. That, that was like a grind though, I remember. That was mm-hmm. definitely when, um, I think I was vlogging every single day on another channel, doing Nelk and working full time as a bartender. And uh, and then I would come, I would get off work at like 3 a.m., go home and edit the the vlog for the next morning and then start all over again, just doing that like cycle of like, need to do this to like pay for food and then need to do this because this is the dream mm-hmm. and then need to do this to keep the story going. And it was like yeah. this wow. like, and you just, that cycle. But yeah, I try to think of days like that whenever I think I'm, I'm tired or something, you know? So when did that cycle break? Like, was it the, the merchandise that when you saw that you get, you were like, I don't have to work other jobs or was it, um, were you guys making money on AdSense at one point and you're like, I don't have to, I don't have to do that anymore. We can pay ourselves. I remember actually going to the bar that I worked at and like, uh, cause it was a new bar I mm-hmm. had to go to. It was like a fancier place. And like everyone knew who I was. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So the views, yeah. it was kind of like Steve-O and Jackass when yeah. I remember he talked about this, where it was like, like people know who you are and they want to buy you a shot and do this whole thing. But like, you're not making any money. Mm-hmm. You can't like afford the shot. So like, wow. it was like, I, I think that was around the, like when I like, I remember leaving that job and being like, I don't think I have to do this anymore. Like right. money started coming right, in. Right. I'm sure, Cause yeah. like we say AdSense, but that's to run a whole company. Like, yeah. like if you're even making three grand a month of AdSense, you were like, oh shit, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. more than a paycheck. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how did you have the guts at that time? Like, were you guys just so hungry for good, like, okay, this, we know this concept will go viral. So like, cause like, it's pretty aggressive. Like the four of you in that car, when 
I don't remember who it is in the back. He's like, we got, we got Coke in the back, yeah. you know? And it's just like, holy shit, guys. Saying like, that, that to that, a cop. Saying that, like yeah. I couldn't, there's no world where I'm saying that. And oh, you, yeah. you look terrified. And I can't tell in that moment, is yeah. he acting? Yeah. Or is he actually a little bit scared? I'm, I think I was scared. I mean, to, to look at it now, I mean, to look at a lot of the stuff we shot, I'm like, yeah, no way. I'm never doing that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, like I've said, I think it was just this fire to like, like, oh, if we get arrested or we, a uh, guy punches us in the face or if like whatever happens, yeah. you're just like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to, like, mm. to make it that kind of fire. Um, Did you feel like from an identity perspective as, cause that, that video to this day has 50 million views. There's yeah. still a lot of people who probably know you from, you know, like that was their entry point to, yeah. to you. Like, did you feel at that time being like, I'm totally good with being the prank guy. I'm totally good with being this guy. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anything, my love for it over the last like year or so has been the first time it's ever like died down mm. a bit. I just like see it differently now. I, I have to, what's funny and what's like up someone's day for some reason, something yeah. switched in my brain. Maybe it's just getting older. Um, but like there's, it's such a fine line for me. And like, I've, I've gone and shot stuff where I'm like, I just like, I lose interest right now. Like at a certain point where if I'm like, oh, this person's like not having a good time. So right. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, like they're the butt of the joke in a, in a way that's like yeah. not fun for them. Mm -hmm. They call yeah. it like punching down. And, yeah. I, and I've tried to, even when I did shithole, I mean, it was always in the back of my head where I tried to keep the joke about me. Like I'm, yeah. I'm the idiot and like, you should be laughing and being like, what is going on right, right. now? But not like, let's just like make fun of you or something, yeah. you know? So that feeling, that realization of maybe how you wanted to do a prank, is that the beginning of you from an identity perspective within Nelk being like, I think maybe this isn't right. this isn't my full-time future. Yeah, that was like, and not to say that um, like that's Nelk's direction to like sure. punch down, yeah. but waking up every day and being told we're doing this thing to the, and like, yeah, you'd get some days where you're like, I don't find this funny or I don't like like this idea, but it's my job and I need to just go do it. And then you try to make it funny, you know what I mean? And yeah. there was just enough bad days where I was like, like we're successful. Like we yeah. should just be, we should be making exactly what we want to be making, so. Being in the creator world for, you know, Colin and I have been uploading to YouTube for, for 12 years together and like observing the space, uh, I would say like, especially on, on, with the rise of Nelk. Personally, I had a very complex relationship with Nelk. Like mm -hmm. I look at, at Nelk as like one of the models for how to build a business in this era from a, a YouTube and content perspective. And at the same time, oftentimes looked at it as like, that's not representative of the YouTube that, the side of YouTube that I live on yeah. and that I want people to associate with what I'm doing. Yeah. Did you ever have that complex relationship? Are you, were you aware of that? Of like, there's a huge crop of people who don't like what we're doing. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's what made the audience who loved what you were doing really strong. Yeah. Right? That's kind of what made them core that's too. That's what made is them that it was core. like yeah. this, not underground, but they had this like, you know, yeah, more aggressive kind of like side of like, if you don't yeah. like it, then fuck you kind of shit. Right. Um, I don't think I've ever like thought of it as like, hey, is this going to, put me in a, in a, like a pedestal of like, I'm yeah. over here. Right. Um, because like it, it, I mean, a lot of it was still content that I did think was funny and cool and yeah. all that. But, um, I think it was the, the biggest thing was just like me as a person changed so much. Mm. So like, <clears throat> if, if like I didn't enjoy, I wouldn't watch those videos, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was hard to be like the person mm. producing or creating or starring in those Th videos. There's a video that I watched during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Then you guys were getting some, uh, there was bad press about now during the pandemic with the party oh, you yeah, guys yeah. threw and all that. Yeah. And I became increasingly more curious about you guys. And I came across this video where you do a Zoom yoga class. Oh and yeah. And you pour yogurt on your head. And I laughed harder than I've laughed. Like, See, I like that. I, I like it, that video. It made me laugh. I think I showed it to Colin and he was like deadpan. Yeah, he always comes yeah. in and I'm like, I don't know what you're showing me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a yoga class, but he's pouring yogurt. Yeah, and I'm it's like, a yogurt I see class. That. I see that. He, he said yeah. he thought it was a yogurt <laughs> class. And I was, dude, I was dying laughing at that. 
and then I think there was another one in that same video where Kyle's like on a Zoom call in a college and like pretending to be something. I don't remember what he's doing, yeah. but he's kind of like causing a ruckus in there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't really like that one. Like it was like this complex relationship with like, there was stuff that I thought was really funny and stuff where I was like. See, I would, that's that, like, like, and I'm not trying to yeah, shit on anyone. Totally. But like to just show people an example, like that day I was supposed to shoot like, uh, like a lecture prank. Yeah. And I did one and I had like, you know, an older teacher or someone and yeah. I just like someone's mom or something. And yeah. like, they knew I was, I hate when someone, when someone knows I'm fucking with them. Too. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It, I yeah. loses all comedy for me. I'm right. like, Oh, so I'm just being an idiot. Like, yeah. you right. know what I mean? And, right. uh, Cause then they're was, just like, just end it now. Yeah. Like I see what yeah. you're doing. Let's just end it now. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, yeah. And then that, so that, that morning I got up and like was supposed to shoot that. And it was like, I quickly thought of yoga yogurt and mm -hmm. then the like smoking cigarettes and, um, what was that? Like the a workout class. Like a workout yeah. class. Yeah. I just like, was like, well, I think this is funny and I'm going to go shoot this. And then, right. and then, you know, the company was big enough that we have enough production and stuff where like I could go shoot my thing and yeah. set it up. Like, so I think that's kind of the start of like how we not dividing, but started just like, like, yeah, if you think that that's really funny and that's cool, like mm -hmm. you do this. And if I think this is funny and cool, like I'm going to do this. What was your relationship to the Nelk audience? Like you guys had meetups, you guys had like opportunities to be in front of your audience a lot. Yeah. Did you feel like as you started to meet those people, you were like, this is the type of, this is the community I want to build. Like these are, these are like-minded people like me. It's hard to answer. Cause honestly, uh, I think hundred percent, especially on the way up, that was like, I was that culture. Yeah. So I was, it was, and it was like, and also it was like family, like every, like seeing all that love everywhere we went. And it's also the reason like, taking care of like myself and take care of my family. Like if it wasn't for them, like I wouldn't have been able to do that. So, yeah. I mean, it's the, the love that we got for being the underdogs that made no money on YouTube and people supported our yeah. company from the start, like that forever. Like that's like, that's everything. That's why I'm here for sure. When I got sober, it did get to a point where a certain genre of fans that I would meet and yeah. be like, yo, let's go like slam a tall boy in yeah. the parking lot. And I'm like, dude, it's 10 AM and I'm at Whole Foods. I don't want to, I'm in my PJs. Like, no, like, so yeah. there was definitely a mix of that, but, but it is also really interesting seeing like at a very, very small um, scale again, kind of like I was saying about getting excited when yeah. like, yo, someone like recognized me at whatever, like, people know, seeing like what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. like I said, at a small scale, it like gets me like super stoked now. Like I was like riding my bike and someone was just like, like putting something in his car and he's just like Sunday. And I was just like, Oh, I was like, that's so sick. Oh, that's yeah. cool. It's, yeah. uh, it's a different it's a, feeling. It's a more connected version of yourself. Right yeah. Now, maybe, maybe there was a few years there where someone being like full send, I could, I didn't like, connect to that anymore. I mean, yeah. I was like literally trying to like not drink and not like, you know what right, I mean? Right. It was like very like, not saying full send is only connected to that, but like, yeah, it was just yeah. very refreshing. What did you learn from pushing and operating full send the way that you did? Because it really was, I don't know if it is anymore, but like one of the biggest streetwear kind of like apparel brands during that time. It was crazy. I think I, I like to look at it as, I mean, I never went to college, so I think it was like one huge program that taught me yeah. everything to do with like the internet in general, um, product development and creating shows and creating hype and marketing and creating core followings. And like, just like there's, there's a million things, but yeah, it was a crash course yeah. that taught me everything I need to know. The same reason that there's a client out there paying me a retainer to teach them how to do something with their company. Right. And I feel like I wouldn't know how to do that if it wasn't for Nelk. So the, the counterculture nature, like why it interests me is I do think that, you know, you're what you're doing today and what, what was happening at Nelk. One of the, one of the differences that I see is, and maybe there's similarities actually. Um, but like the business of building a tight knit community is very different from the business of like pure play virality, right? Mm -hmm. Like making the most viral video, that's brand safe and friendly to the platform right now, there's a business to that, which is like yeah. AdSense, brand deals, you know, that works really well. It actually might not work that well in memberships and merchandise sales 
because you're so broad from an audience yeah. perspective. But when you dig in and you have this like incredibly tight knit community, that's when you can go direct to consumer, right? Yeah. And go like, you know, you guys will transact with me because you're part of my core. Yeah. 10,000 cores stronger yeah. than mm -hmm. a million that you can't control. For sure. 100%. And Nelk was this, or is this crazy mixture of the two where it's yeah. like 10 million, you know? And like, what do you do when it goes to that, like millions of core? I mean, I don't know. I think they, it's really hard to do, yeah. but even with Nelk, like we got a taste of that where it, it be got, it got too big to be too core. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. which could hurt sales or could hurt, you know, everything. Cause like, yeah. it's so hard to please that many people um, and can make them still feel like this is all for them. Or even know what they want. Yeah. You yeah. know, like have a relationship with that many people. My personal opinion and where the, what the peak of it all was, was when it really was us living on fans couches driving around not making money on youtube but still making banger videos shooting three videos a week like grinding it out and then making clothing that we think is dope mm -hmm. and you buying this sweater is like the way that we keep on making you guys content and it was like the underground under underdog story like i met i remember when we opened up shopify like i was literally didn't have any money in my name really Either did my family. And I saw like $700,000 go into a Shopify page. My God. I remember I called my mom. I like teared up. I was like, dude, this like, we figured it out. Like, we're good. Like, mm. we could, I guess I saw like right there that like, it wasn't about that money. It was about like, whoa, this is going to like work. Like, wow. We figured like, we because we, we got to think all those years was like struggle and struggle. Yeah. And like, you're getting family and people telling you like, oh, you gotta get a real job and you gotta yeah. do this. And I was working other jobs while I was doing it to pay for stuff. But it was like, there was like this moment where it hit me that like, wow. Like, and that's what I mean by like, it's cr like when people say a core audience, it's like, there's two different things than like, they're literally like taking care of you. Like mm. we bought this product, this many people like with you that hard that like, now we can go do bigger things and keep this train yeah. going. It was just like, it was really crazy. What was the rise of Nelk like? Like from, for you personally? I think like I got to experience the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got to do the whole living in the hills, running around, drinking all the time, partying, hanging out with celebrities, doing like, I'd like everything I saw in a movie and thought was like, whoa, that's crazy. Imagine reaching that point. Like, um, I feel like I got to at least get a taste of all that. Yeah. But I've, I've had enough for a lifetime. Like it, was, <laughs> it was good. Like, was it all as good as it looks in the movies? No, no. Yeah. I mean, anyone watching this that's like, oh, like that looks great. It's not like, right. Yeah. You're, you're very sad and you're very lonely. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of that party montage, it's right. like, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, there's no life there. Like, yeah. The moments in between the montage too are kind of just like, Yep. <laughs> oh, we should film that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. You obviously, you have enough of those days, like those mornings and, and you come to the decision to like try and hit the eject button. Oh from yeah. Nelk. How do you, how do you come to that decision? I'm sure it takes a long time, but I mean, was I, there a specific moment where you're like, now nah, this is it. I got to move. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, um, I had a few like just wake up calls, like whether it was getting arrested or like, um, especially to do with like pranks though, just like, you know, I think there was this like thing of, we were, we were so big. Yeah. So now doing like an aggressive prank can get you in like more trouble because they're going to make like a, for sure. like an example, example out of you. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, yeah, like there was one point where I had to go back to Canada because I was awaiting for this like prank we did in Ohio. Um, that was like an inducing panic and like they were trying to put it as like two felonies and like could do up to six months and yeah. like, this was probably like the big changing point for me where it was like, I had to like sit there awaiting, knowing if like one, I can never go back in the country or two, I could be like actually going to jail, like doing mm. like time. And I'm like, and it turned out being fine. Like it, it all yeah. got figured out, but um, it's still, it did a lot to my, like uh, my mental health. Like it was right. very rough to go through that. Kind of evaluating, like, is it worth it? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like I've been to jail for like, you know, overnight for like a prank. And it's like, you just, you're just constantly real, like, uh, reminded that like, this isn't a place for me. Like what am yeah. I, 
I'm not this guy. I'm a good person. I'm not like, I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it just, yeah. You just got to kind of go with your gut more on, mm-hmm. on certain decisions. And, uh, yeah, but I, but I'm well, thankful for all of it. It, it changed all my paths, you know what I right. mean? And made me who I am now. So when you left, uh, Nelk, you sold your shares in Nelk and full send. Is that correct? Yeah. But you retained your shares in happy dad. Yeah. Was yeah. there something you saw about Happy Dad that you were like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna keep that." <laughs> yeah, probably the same thing you guys could see. But, yeah. <laughs> I guess we can all see it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great company. I mean, that exit though is unique. Even the fact that earlier you were like, "Yeah, me and Kyle got together. There's no contracts. It's just like let's make some stuff." Yeah. Obviously, there's some maturation of the organization so that you can leave, and there are contracts in place that you can sell shares. Like that to me is unique because outside looking in, I was like is Nelk kind of just like a mess? Yeah. Even though I'm like impressed by some of what they're doing internally, is it a mess? And I think that's pretty unique that you left and were able to like sell. That's, that yeah. doesn't happen that often with YouTube creators. You're part of a group and you can exit. Yeah. It's definitely a, like a little touchy on the, um, what I can say about all that stuff. Just cause like, I don't want to go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a long process for exactly what you're saying. Like, what is it and how yeah. do you sell it? And mm-hmm. like, well, like, yeah. Cause like, it would think that even goes back to what you were saying too, is like these new companies, like is an Instagram page an asset with a, and mm-hmm. what's the value of that asset? And like, mm-hmm. like all these things that we're yeah. growing, right. If you, I, th- I think it's all kind of changing where like that is going to be in like every business as like the assets that sure. have an actual value to them. And, and you always have to assume on social platforms that they could go away. Yeah. You just have to play that you have to play that out in your head of like YouTube's gone tomorrow. Instagram's gone tomorrow. Twitter's gone tomorrow. Do people still care about this brand? Yeah. Right. How does the brand exist beyond it? Has to be more than that. And there's a, and there's a lot of brands that just survive off of, you know, meta ads and totally being Mm -hmm. a page, but like have no culture at all. They don't do any events. They don't have any purpose. No one knows who owns them. Like, which is a big issue, Mm -hmm. but what was the emotion when the money hit your bank account from the exit? I don't even think I ever looked. You didn't even look at it? No. Like it didn't didn't feel like anything because I've already seen, like the company made a lot of money too right. mm-hmm. that was connected to my bank account. You know what I mean? Right. So it was like, I've seen big numbers and yeah, it all kind of just blended together. And I think for me, it always was, uh, there, there's a certain number that I'm like, anything that, over that's that. It's like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like this is like, this is plenty. And especially if I'm, if I'm a person that's down to keep working and keep doing all these things, like I'm fine. So I think it all just, yeah. Same way as views, right? Sure. You your yeah. first mm-hmm. million views, it's going to feel amazing. Yeah. But like, I don't know if like, uh, Mr. Beast is like, like freaking out if he gets like 150 million. I mean, maybe. Sure. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who he knows? might be, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? Jimmy it's loves like, views. Yeah. He does <laughs> love views. <so. laughs> But I think it's important for a lot of, for everyone to calculate that number financially for themselves, yeah. especially in this career, 100%. because I think you can get to a point where the numbers just get like kind of crazy. Yeah. And then you have to calculate of like, wait, am I doing this to make more money yeah. or have I already hit that threshold where I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. And so then can I make decisions based from a place of like, again, abundance where I'm like, I got enough. Yeah. So now I can make different types of decisions. Because they, they are different. They're different types you know of decisions. I mean? yeah. When you're chasing that number of like financial security or even just like financial success, you make completely different decisions than when you're not. Yeah. Completely different. So 100%. You're not going to tell us what that number was though. Like what enough was. Not the number of the exit. I'm not asking that. Just like- Oh, uh, what, what enough was? What was enough for you? Um, I don't know what an exact number is, but I remember like- I actually like did the math of, uh, I think what I was doing is I was trying to subtract whatever home I could just be right. happy with. Right. And then what I would need and invested at 7%. And yeah. I was looking at it as like, if everything hits the fan, um, will like, I be able to like have a roof over my head and eat for the rest of my life. Yeah. And like, and then the same for my family. And yeah. I think, it's really not that high of a number. It's like very attainable. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, especially if you invest it, right? So yeah. yeah, I think around that, that like four to 5 million, it yeah. was like, 
yeah, like I'm, I'm like good. I'm good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's but a, I also live in LA. So right. I don't yeah. have any yeah. 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 And you lived here for a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, what's interesting is I think as, as like creatives and entrepreneurs, you kind of have this feeling that like when you get the, the big check, that's like the, the finish line. That's like the yeah. goal. Was there a sense of relief where you're like, okay, now I don't have to worry about that? Or was it kind of just like, cool, that's something that happened and now I'm going to keep making stuff? I think a bit of both. There definitely was this um, this relief of like, yeah, it's like, you're like, I don't know what do you call it, like you made it or whatever, but it really was... Um, I can't sit here and say it wasn't part of the goal is to be like financially set or For take sure. care of my family. Like at the end of the day, that's, that's what I've been trying to do. Um, and, uh, I just, like I've said, I think it's just like, once that was accomplished, it was, it took that weight of a, uh, Hey, if you don't do good this month, like you're going to have to go get a job or go figure this out. And then you're not going to be able to do this as much. It's like you now for the rest of your life can just keep doing this which is what I want to do. It's like, it's never was like, let's go make a lot of money so that I can stop doing this. Kind of like yeah. your traditional mm -hmm. work 30, 40 years and then retire. It's more like, you. it's just less less worry, I guess, you know? But yeah. How, uh, how early did you feel that weight or responsibility to take care of your family? Was it really early or was it more so when you were at Nelk and working with Full Send, like, oh, this could be a reality, so I want to do that? Or is that something you felt for a long time? Yeah, my whole life. Um, but I, I remember, I have this like weird memory when I was a kid. My mom was a, a writer and uh, she was always working on this book. Like she was just like this thing. And we used to watch Oprah. And uh, it's just like this funny story that she used to always say like, oh, I'm making this book. You know, I'm going to get it on Oprah, this mm -hmm. whole thing. And she never actually got a publisher or did anything, but it was always like, I mean, it was like rough growing up. We didn't have a lot of money and stuff. But I remember there was always this thing in the back of my head of like, oh, mom's going to like sell her book and it's going to go on Oprah and we're going to like, mm. everything's going to be better one day. Like we're slowly building to something, hmm. you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and I think like maybe it's a mix of that's what got into my head about like, you can slowly build something to like, so that everything gets better like at once. Mm. Or maybe it was that it never happened, that it made me feel like I was like, oh, I want to like be the guy that do, does that for the family mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is like a, like a broken thought that I've been like thinking about lately and trying to like figure out. Cause uh, I think it's really interesting to be like, why are you this person? Why? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Like it's a huge thing, right? Like. I think a lot of creativity is driven out of like uh, scarcity. Cause like you have no other choice but to make it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if your life isn't what you want it to be, or you're not seeing something that you want in front of you. Yeah. And you're the type of person who's willing to create it and you learn from a young age that you have the power to make something yeah. and it could exist in front of your eyes. I think then you start to develop that relationship with creating. Yeah. Right. Like well, cre creating tangible goods, but also creating a life. Yeah. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, I've heard you talk about like your exit from, from Nelk and full send kind of puts you in this position where you don't have to build a business to make money. Right. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So like, this is also like having a physical space this big, having a team like this, like this is a lot to take on. Why take this much on when you are in a position where you don't have to? It's a great question. I think um, I might not have jumped in this hard if the idea didn't come so quick to me mm. and I wasn't so fired up about it. Yeah. Like I can see the like 10 year plan for it and how it's going to roll out. Um, like honestly, and I like, once it made sense, it's like, well, I don't want to wait two years and take a break to like, then go start this mm. 10 year journey. I mean, I've been doing this stuff since I was like a little kid. I mean, even like my family and my friends back home, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this that have always been entrepreneurs, but it kind of becomes our identity and we just like live through this. I mean, it like right now building this company is probably like. 80% of my life still. And I just like, I don't, I can't picture a world where something isn't that important to me all the time. You know, maybe it'll I, change one day, but. I think as a creator, I always want to be making content for myself. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's when you feel like you're at your, your best, right? It's like, I yeah. am the viewer of this thing. 
Yeah. If you're there, then you deeply are empathetic to who's on the other side of it. Yeah. And like, that's when I think when, when we connected, cause I candidly, I didn't know that we would get along. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, like I can't, do we have anything in common? Like when you're, when you're Jesse from Nelk, yeah. when you launched Sunday, I was like, I was so blown away by it. I was like, wait, this is exactly how, like how I see the world, how I, what yeah. the type of people I really am inspired by, like the work that you're doing. And it kind of like just put this new, you know, viewpoint on it. Yeah. You know, like full send wasn't a brand for me, but I could understand it. Someday yeah. I'm like, oh, this is, this is the type of company that when we first started on YouTube, we thought we like, this was our direction. Yeah. I, I had that realization last night. I actually I appreciate that though. Didn't realize how similar uh, at least some of the concepts were. If you look at our early videos, like the first 10 to 15, one of the projects we did was we had to brand like a building and we had to make like a booklet for it and a video. And we just filmed the behind the scenes. Like this was just work you guys like this was our work. Like We just worked out of a studio and we did like photo shoots for brands in there. And those and were part of our videos. basically yeah. behind the scenes of how you did yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And it just didn't work. <laughs> and like, no one we were, watched it. Yeah. And we were stressed all the time trying to like execute the work yeah. with just yeah. each other yeah. and, and it didn't pan out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was the vision was to like yeah. do that. We even started a, cool. a show called Now Boarding right. where we were making these skateboards. Uh, and we did- I think I saw this. We did three episodes, bringing you behind the scenes of making the boards, selling them, how it worked. And- I did see this. Yeah. And uh, it kind of worked. We sold boards. Yeah. People but then the we boards. became the shipping department and we just didn't know how to like scale. Like the building the company, we didn't get. Yeah. The media- Around um, it, we understood. Yeah, I see. But that yeah. was at the time our dream show. Let's build a company, bring people behind the scenes, kind of like startup yeah. from Gimma. Mm -hmm. That was like, what if we could do that? Yeah. And then watching some of your stuff, I was like, oh wow, he's this is it. He's doing it. It is hard to use that because, like, like you said, like it's stuff that you and me and yeah. we would watch. You know what I mean? But it is very hard to like grow with like oh, YouTube being hard. allocated around retention oh, and man, like, yeah. mm -hmm. it's like, it's but very hard. But I think you also have to just reframe your measure of success and like your 100%. measure of community. Totally like realigning what success means. hundred like, percent. Even if yeah. you watch your video titled why I sold Nelk. Yeah. For you to even say in that video, like you to be in that video, passionate about the fact that you're building a brand on a Pantone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The one thing that got me really hyped on it is I had this idea that I wanted to build a brand off of a Pantone. And, uh, and a lot of this stuff is not going to make too much sense. I think yeah. <laughs> like that hits a certain type of person. Yeah. yeah. Who's like, I'm telling you this brand over a long period of time is about the Pantone. Yeah. Anyone who was like, I love the Coke prank video. Yeah. It's probably like, the fuck? I might not, the what's whole a Pantone? Pantone? You kind of yeah. lost me on, you kind of lost me on the Pantone thing, you know, <laughs> like I might not come back, but that's okay for you. Cause like you, yeah. you're looking for a specific type of person yeah, who wants to be here for what you're doing now. Yeah. It was never about transferring over fans. Obviously some are gonna people like, yeah, like there's some people that just known me for a long time and they're going to keep following the story. But like, I'm really excited is, and I'm sure it'll take some time, but when I meet some people that are like, uh, fans or purchase product mm -hmm. I make or something and they don't know anything about my past. I think it's yeah. like, that's so interesting that, to me. Like that's when I feel like it'll be yeah. really cool. And it's not that it's not cool if you've like been following sure. my whole story yeah. with what I'm doing, yeah. but I think that'll be like a, like, and that's what I'm working on right now. Like yeah. imagine I uploaded the first Sunday episode and it got two views and Right. And next week it got 10 views. And right. It got, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how I'm mm -hmm. like trying to measure it. You said in that first video, I want to make these episodes really easy. I don't want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Do you have any thought around that identity of that term YouTuber? Like when you look at yourself, are you, do you consider yourself not that? I, th I think it's like, at this point, like none of us are YouTubers. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it, and I think I'm only saying that because like, yeah, you work and you create things for YouTube. But like, when we all say the word YouTuber, we think like, you know, 10 years ago when yeah. it was like a YouTuber, mm -hmm. but like, we're all just like the future. Like we're literally all creating the companies and the production companies and yeah. product development companies and the brands. Like it's, we're all just the future. That's what it is. And it's happening on YouTube and it's happening on social media. But I mean, yeah, like especially when these companies all start like like Prime. Like, yeah, it's gonna, crazy. You know, sell for a billion dollars and fucking it's gonna be the first like influencer brand to do that. And like, 
how do we know that like what you guys aren't doing isn't the next Paramount Pictures or how yeah. like you know what I mean like mm -hmm. like we are the studios we know how this stuff all works right. is the reason why these companies even like pay us a retainer to like figure it out for, for sure like mm -hmm. so I, I think that's the coolest part of all of this is like like where is all of this going to go in ten years yeah um, and and how powerful will a YouTube network mm -hmm. be you know yeah I think especially the way you're building your business. Like you're not building a business where virality is necessary. No. Like no. in a, in a creative agency, 10, 10 retainer clients, you know, of a certain size and you're doing like, great. you're doing amazing. Yeah. So you're building a business that's, I think that it's, it's an important thing to zoom out on with YouTube. If like, this is a, an amazing surface to tell your story, but if like five CMOs or people in marketing departments are watching your stuff and they're like, I'd love to work with Jesse. Mm-hmm. That's like a multi, they could be net out to multiples of millions. hundred percent. And that's like, like it's a big resume. It's a big resume. And also quality of audience is not something we talk about a lot. I think a lot of people on YouTube assume that every view is created equal, but it's not. So you think about the type of content you're making is attracting a different type of person. And for the business you're building, each view carries a higher value. Yeah. So you can't, it's not apples to apples, right? You can't compare like this audience over here with this. And even if the business models are different, then a view means something totally different. Oh yeah. 10 people can net you, you know, millions of dollars. So that's a different business model. That That's the cool part about yeah. this. Even when they weren't getting a lot of views, the, the kind of people or the friends I've had in the industry that were like hitting me up and being like, oh, I love this week yeah. of that. And I was like, Oh, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to understand that like no one's watching this, right. but like, <laughs> right. it's like interesting to see who is watching it. Cause they're just like us where they're like, yeah. I mean, this is my everyday life. And I relate to this. Like, Isn't I it funny it. that at like 70, 80, hundred thousand views, the feeling is like, ah, oh, no one's watching. And you're like standing in a stadium with a hundred thousand people yeah. and imagine standing in the middle and being like, oh, there's no one here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had to come to terms yeah. with yeah. that. Yeah. Like yeah. Every, I think it's just normal. Like yeah. you've seen a lot of views, For you've sure. done all that. You have to learn how to like, um, if you are going to look at it at all, but yeah. like, dude, exactly yeah, what yeah, you yeah. just said. I've thought right. of that too. Like yeah. what is, do you know what 5,000 people look like? Like, it's like insane. 5,000 people watching your like premiere. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I just went to a surf premiere like a couple weeks ago and it was probably like 500 people. And this guy made this movie for a local thing. And yeah. like, everyone is loving it and all this thing. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked like a superstar going right. up there and talking <laughs> yeah, to him yeah. like for all 500 of his people, all these people crazy. Here. Absolutely. 55. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's cool. If it's people are so excited cool. and like yelling and stuff like that and laughing. Yeah. Um, I think my, my the last question is just like, as you look back and reflect on, on the time at Nelk, do you feel like Nelk was treated unfairly by like YouTube or even by like the like media or, you know, anyone who kind of like, like YouTube removing AdSense from Nelk, like any of that, did you feel like any of that was unfair? Not really, no. You felt like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just like, <laughs> yeah. as I just see everything as like, it's just YouTube is a business. As a matter of fact, yeah. And it's like, if if they want, you to not have ads because it doesn't work for their sponsors or their business model. It's like, it's just very cut and dry. Yeah. Like I get yeah. it. You're like, playing on their turf. Yeah. yeah. It's on there. Like you do whatever they, you want to use their service. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm more just thankful that like there was a place that we could just mm. upload stuff and it had a chance to reach an audience. And like, yeah, I think that's dope. But uh, no, I mean, everything's been, I'm pretty kosher with all of it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for being open with us. Yeah, yeah appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Of course. Love and what I, I love here. what you guys are doing, man. Thanks. You guys are, you guys are great. I've always been watching and uh, yeah, you guys are doing something special.